Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to the Hunter Hunter podcast, the embarrassing child doing dabs over and over again of the HBO boys, boys with a Z. We are now on the 20th episode of Hunter Hunter, the penultimate episode, in fact, of the Hunter arc entitled Baffling Turn of Events. As we open up the episode, Gon is in a dream state, running up what seems like a figurative hill towards his father, who chose a life of adventure over him, which is sad times. Gon, now exhausted on the top of the path, reaches Ging, but the ground then disintegrates beneath him, which is ominous. Before I head out into the adventure zone that is this podcast, I will stop to say this. Patreon.com slash HBO Boys, Boys with a Z. For one or more dollar a month, you get a bunch of extra content. We do banter weekly. We put out everything that we make except for the main shit earlier. So that's positive, and it's a dollar. And if you do it, I say your name on any of the main channel podcasts at the end. So you can, like, hear your name said out loud, but, like, through a recording, which is some goddamn audio magic. Don't you want that in your life? I know I would. But back to the show. Gon then wakes up in a cold sweat, his arm still bandaged because he wouldn't say a crepe is a pancake. Then, our favorite dangly yet solid appendaged bruh Satotes is in the room, by the way, waiting for this following conversation. Satotes lets Gon know that his arm is going to be fine. Twas a clean break, so honestly, it's helpful, as it will be a stronger arm once it mends. This shoots Gon back into reality, remembering his fight with Hanzo. All of this while Satotes has his hand out to shake the hand of Gon, at least the hand that works, of the newest hunter. Hunter. <laughs> it's weird to say it only once. As Gon begins to try to complain about how his last match went and how he doesn't want to be a hunter under these circumstances, Satotes cuts him off and says that, listen, dude, you can destroy your license or hide that shit if you want, but either way, you passed. And there's no going back now. You're a hunter. Goddamn deal with it. Satos Magoats then hands Gone his hunter license and explains that because hunters are treated so well, many are trying to pass for nefarious purposes, which I'm sure isn't happening this time. Example, get a recur Hasaka and possibly Kilowatt. The card that says you're a hunter doesn't matter, Gatote says. It's what you do with it that matters and the friendships you make along the way. Totes also tells him that the day has passed, Gon has been unconscious, and the exam is done. The others who have passed are doing some paperwork-based shit elsewhere, and Gon asks who failed, and it was da-da-dum, kilowatt, as the Totes remembers the boy covered in blood. So, some shit went down. It went wrong, as it seems, and uh, kilowatt killed a dude and was disqualified, which was predictable. But, fun facts, not in the way I thought it would have happened. In a really cool way. Cool, like, not for Kilowatt's character. Like, he feels bad about it, obviously. And we're going to get into it. But just, like, cool because I didn't see it coming, which is positive. This conversation then leads Tootsie into recapping the day for Gone. Like, I'm recapping this episode for you. And then we go back in time! Netero says Gone has passed and can't say no once Mr. Oreo and Pika Pika are like, he's not going to say yes. And Netero again is like, it doesn't matter. Kilowatt then asks Hanzo why he let him win, which offends the bald-headed ninja. But Hanzo just says, you know, Gone won me over. This is just another notch in the belt of the 
kilowatt feelings of, I don't get what's going on. Why was weakness rewarded? That has never happened around me ever. Perceived weakness, by the way. Hanzo obviously saw it as a strength. A strength he thought was so strong that he let gone pass, but this does not even compute for Kilowatt, who doesn't understand anything of what's going on. The next match then occurs, Hisaka facing Pika Pika, who we now know both of them aren't dead because of this ending of the story that's already been told, which offers a brief respite, a sigh of relief for Pika Pika. They both fight for a while until Hisaka whispers something in Pika's ear, and then himself forfeits, therefore making Pika Pika a hunter. It was then Paco versus Hanzo. Hanzo put him in a submission move, but Paco admitted defeat instead of getting his arm broken. <laughs> Pussy. Hanzo wins. JK, JK. If somebody like looks at my arm like they want to break it, I'm going to be like, you win. Congrats. The next match was then Hasaka versus the old man, Bedoro. Hasaka kicked the ever-living shit out of him the entire time and then whispered something in the old man's ear while he was on the floor. This bro just loves whispering shit into people's ears. Feels sexual! And then Bedoro surrenders. Then Kilowatt faced Pockle, but immediately walked away smiling and said he didn't want to face him. So Pockle wins. That's so goddamn dumb. But okay. I tell you, Mr. Oreo is my least favorite character, as I've been very clear about this entire podcast. But I will say, this little smug-ass bitch is climbing that hate mountain swiftly. Mr. Oreo then asks very politely that his match versus Bedoro be postponed until the old man can stand or be conscious. And it is so, as Kilowatt and Gedericur face off in the dojo from Hunter Hill. Ugh, gosh. I am parched. This is not a bit, and I'm going to get water. Be right back. <laughs> Hello, I am Gaunt from last episode, and I am Hell's Accountant. Please join me after the sixth song that goes for Gaunt's Accounting Corner. Learn the ins and outs of balance sheets today and of what it's like to be Hell's Accountant. I again am Gaunt, I live under Ryan's desk, and the underworld, to be fair, which apparently now, due to canon of this podcast, is under Ryan's desk. What does that say about Ryan? That he's so badass, probably. <laughs> anyway, see you after the show. Now I go back underneath. Woo! Oh, man. Mm. Got water. Hydration for the HBO Boys Nation. <laughs> That's a phrase I always constantly say. Moving on. So, back to the fights. This time, Kilowatt faces Gata Recur, who at the beginning of the bout says, It's been a while, Kill. And takes his face off. And it's goddamn Alumi, Kilowatt's older brother. And it has been the entire time. And Alumi was the friend of Asako with the walkie-talkie. And the weird fucking guy who buried himself on the fourth phase island. Slash murdered Cypher the Sniper. And you have to assume Kilowatt ain't gonna fight against his older brother. He's probably not gonna win this. So, <clears throat> this is the thing I've known for a while. I ruined this Alumi is Kilowatt's older brother reveal for myself while reading the fan wiki. And I'm going to desperately try not to ruin more things for myself. 
Because, like, every time I saw the nail and face bitch get a record, I was like, that ain't him. That is Kilowatt's brother. And by the way, I'd like to recall for everyone. Remember when Hisaka was like, hey, I might fuck your brother. <laughs> and Illumi's like, no! If someone's gonna fuck him, it will be me! I mean, no one's allowed to fuck him! <laughs> that happened earlier in this season. I just wanted to bring it up for anybody. Needless to say, Kilowatt is no longer calm, cool, smug, and collected. With this new Illumi-based information, he begins to literally shit his pants. And this following conversation between brothers is wonderful. I shall now recreate it for you using my perfect voice acting skills. Alumi says, I heard you stabbed mom and Miluki, who's a character Ryan doesn't know. Yeah, I guess so, lol. <laughs> Actually, no, wait, he's more scared. Yeah, I guess so, lol. Mom was so happy you stabbed her, <laughs> that her son was finally grown up. But also, she's concerned for you to be out on your own, so she asked me to check up on you, which has me here, you know, taking the hunter exam, I guess, if I must. I didn't, you know, I didn't know you wanted to become one, you little wanton-ass bitch. I know I'm just here getting a license for a specific job that's coming up. Uh, no, I, I didn't actually want to become a hunter. I was just bored. Ugh. Know that the kilowatt voice I'm doing is a little smug-ass bitch, but like, on the inside and the outside, he's more scared than anything. That's not the vibe check I'm going to be laying down. But, like, just know it with your nose and your feelings. Oh, good. Because you're not cut out to be a hunter, you bitch. You were born for one purpose, and one purpose alone. To be an assassin. You're a puppet of darkness, devoid of passion. There is nothing you desire, nor is there anything you wish for. Because you will be one that lives in the shadows. The only pleasure you get is from causing death. Because that's how Dad and I raised you. What did you imagine you would accomplish becoming a hunter, you bitch? I do want something. Tell me. Nah! There's nothing you want. There is! I don't want to kill people anymore. And I want to be friends with Gon and have fun. Sidebar. Fucking what? You want to be friends with Gon? And have fun? Instead of murdering people? Your actions have not spelled that clearly. Okay, back to the play. Illumi retorts. What? Impossible, bitch. You're incapable of friendship. Another sidebar. This moment feels unearned. <laughs> and from a standpoint of like Gone and Kilowatt's friendship, not so much from the perspective of the boy being incapable of friendship, which I think might be more true than his friendship with Gone, but more so like, uh, are Gone and him really that good of friends already? Perhaps I don't recall how strong new friendships can feel when you're a youngin'. I guess the boy just wants to have fun, and License to Illumi isn't having it. Okay, back to the play. Illumi Wumi continues. You don't actually desire Gon's friendship. You just don't understand the radiance that is his personality. You want to clock it. If you stick around him one day, you will try to kill him. Sidebar number three. Fucking true, dude. This adds on to what I was saying last episode about the slow mountain of evidence that Kilowatt is going to like heel turn on Gon. This is faster on the uptake. The mountain is growing faster than previously before because now J.J. Watt's brother is in front of him and the lava is coming out of the water, making the mountain bigger and cooler because Illumi is just straight up in Kilowatt's face being like, bruh, you're wrong. Anyway, I shall continue. Illumi retorts once more. You only murder. So like, that's that. 
At this point, Mr. Oreo pipes up to say that Illumi is a worthless piece of crap and to nut up Kilowatt, just like kill your brother, which is not a terrible line, I guess. Mr. Oreo then continues to tell Kilowatt that he's already friends with Gon. Good doy. Gon would say that you're friends, which surprises the young child. Illumi then answers that new information with, is that true? Mr. Oreo then screams back, hell yeah, it's true, you idiot. And, oh, Mr. Oreo, don't you do this to me. Don't make me love you. It hasn't happened yet. You're a racist and you try to hit old women with sticks, but lines like that are tough to ignore. Illumi then says like, all right, well, I guess I'll have to kill Gon, which makes logical sense to me, actually. That makes a lot of sense in this situation. As Illumi throws his face nails at a ref to get info as to where Gon is, Hanzo, Pika Pika, and Mr. Oreo then guard the door so Illumi can't get through and go kill him while Kilowatt just stands still. And by the way, I said Mr. Oreo, Pika Pika, and Hanzo are guarding the door. So, in all reality, Pika and Hanzo are guarding the door. Mr. Oreo has nothing to do with this. He can say fun, quippy things, but in a fight? Yeah, I don't think so. This, in fact, does not concern Illumi. The people in front of him threatening to kill him, or, you know, just like fight him, in the case that he wants to go kill Gon. But it does get him thinking, like, shit. I can't actually kill the people at the door because Kilowatt will then become a hunter and I'll be disqualified. And then, like, the same thing happens if I try to kill Gon. This is a real pickle Rick. And then he's like, oh, no, mm, got it. Uh, I'll just pass the exam and then I'll kill Gon. Easy game, easy life. He turns to Netero like, hey, if I pass the exam and then kill everybody in this room, am I still a hunter? And Netero's like, I mean, technically, yes. That's ominous, though, dude. <laughs> Illumi then turns around and says to Kilowatt that if he wants to save Gon, he will have to fight his older brother. And this conversation has been going on for a while. And usually I would be annoyed by a pre-fight sequence taking this long. The extreme example being Goku's spirit bomb. But honestly, this has been dope. So like, keep saying words. It's cool with me. I'm fine with this. And with that, Illumi then keeps taunting his little brother, saying that he can't win, and that as a child, he taught Kilowatt to never face someone that he can't kill himself in the first place. That's like rule numero uno of being an assassin. And it is at this moment, while Mr. Oreo is screaming to beat him up, that Kilowatt admits defeat, because he knows he can't win against his older brother, and even when this means that Gon is going to die, it is an inevitability. Illumi has chosen it to be this way. Kilowatt is a realist, and Illumi is a hunter. And then all of a sudden, Illumi just like becomes a nice guy, lol, and says he wasn't ever going to kill Gon. <laughs> what? You're crazy. I wasn't going to really do that. It was just a test, a fun test about me killing your friend. Illumi then leans over and tells Kilowatt that he will be ordered to take the exam sometime, but not now. He will continue to be an assassin for the family and nothing more, so he must fail. So Totes then, in the future, lets Gon know that something drained out of Kilowatt in that moment. And then the next match starts between Badaro and Mr. Oreo, but right as it started, in order to disqualify himself as per orders from Illumi, Kilowatt murders Badoro quite unceremoniously. Rip Badoro. Sad. Called it. So everyone but him gets to be a hunter. Even Mr. Oreo, that tart. Gon then gets the fuck up because he is over this story he's over just chilling and laying and he bursts through the door where orientation is occurring and walks right the fuck up to Illumi and tells him to apologize to his younger brother and then Illumi said no to Waddy Boy having friends and that was fucking bullshit and now Gon is big dick mad 
Zam. We're back on HBO watching this show side by side. That was a that was a deep cut. Anyway, thanks for hanging out for the penultimate episode of the Hunter Arc. We've almost reached the end of an arc. That's goddamn exciting. Next week is the finale of said arc. What the fuck's going to happen? I'm excited because this was a really good episode. This is one of the best episodes of the series so far, in my opinion. And I am excited to see how the arc ends. Thank you guys so much, patrons, one and all, for sticking around with me and listening to this first arc of Hunter Hunter. And I will see y'all next week. Play the song! Accounting Corner! Oh, don't tell anybody I say. God, we'll never do that again. Did you like it? If you liked it, I'll do it again. I am a slave to more than one person. Anyone who listens to this podcast, and subsequently, the devil. Gaunt's Accounting Corner will begin this week with balance sheets. Uh, let me describe what that is for you, as this is a learning experience. Balance sheets are financial statements that provide a snapshot of what a company owns and owes, as well as the amount invested by shareholders. Are you learning? Good. Thankfully, as I am Hell's comptroller, I would say the CFO of Hell, (laughs) but I'm not allowed to. So, uh, I've been told it's too official, (laughs) quote-unquote. Anyway. Uh, The shareholders for Hell is pretty easy. It's goddamn Satan. Uh, the assets are souls and liquid cash, which is not like cash liquidity. Uh, in our field in hell, it's actual melted cash. Which, uh, you know, it's hard as fuck down here, so cash melts very easily. Uh, land ownership of hell at all, uh, also an asset, and we don't owe anyone shit! I mean, they're saying, uh, he owes like, God, five bucks, but like, it's not enough to put on the books. 
And, uh, you know, when it comes to rent, do you think the devil pays himself one dollar for the land that he owns monthly? <laughs> no. Fuck no, he doesn't. Although it would make things cleaner. Uh, in hell books. The accounting system, to be fair. But, uh, you know, he won't do it. I've asked him multiple times. Sometimes he makes me a baby goat, just for fun, when I ask him to do things like that. And that's it, we get along. We're friends. What I like, I like me, me personally. Love being a baby goat. Don't even mind it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for stopping my Gaunt's Accounting Corner. I sang again, fuck, I just can't help it. Anyway, next week, we will talk about attrition. I love you guys. Back into hell.